You're listening to How to Grow Your Fitness Business, a podcast from FitNation. These audio files are taken from our FitNation Lunch and Learn webinars, where we interact with the top players in the fitness industry. You can expect to find key learnings from coaches to co-founders. So please make sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss an episode. And together, we can help grow your fitness business. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome back to all our listeners. If it's your first time listening, a warm welcome to this episode of Fit Nation's Lunch and Learn. Today's show is all about making sure you don't get sued. Kind of important. Um, and to make sure that you don't get sued, as well as understanding why the fitness law landscape is so important and also what risks you may expose yourself to by not having a specialist, we've invited an award-winning legal authority onto the show to shed some light on this topic and luckily in, a, in a quite an engaging way. So we're lucky enough to be joined by Corey Sterling of the Conscious Council. Now, they're a Canadian-based legal team who specializes in the health and wellness sector. Uh, but as we'll, we'll discuss later, we can it's not just for uh, Canadians only. And their team provides legal counsel for creative, ambitious, and then heart-leading business owners who are focused on building communities and, and want to make the world a better and healthier place through their health and wellness businesses. So these are the kinds of people that you want on your side. It's, it's not just about protection from lawsuits. It's also about understanding how to avoid tricky situations and, and really just setting yourself up for success. If you're a business owner, you can't not afford to listen to this episode. And in addition to this, listeners of this show will also get a gift from Conscious Counsel. I'll leave it to Corey to walk us through that a little bit later. But without further ado, Corey, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. I love Lunch and Learn but I am unprepared. I don't have my lunch in front of me. So I'll, for most of the time that I'll be speaking, I'll probably be thinking about what I could be eating. All right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully though, our listeners are ready to learn so they can be uh, doing that part as well. Yeah. And I would just encourage everyone, if you're listening, just like maybe even hit pause, get a snack, something delicious, something you love, and you're going to be learning about law in a super fun way, but also having a tasty snack. And I couldn't think of any better way to spend my time. That's the dream, huh? That is. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Corey, um, always a good, good starting point for, for these kind of shows. Maybe you can tell our listeners a, a, little bit about, a little bit about your background, what you do, and then how you came to work specifically in, in this sector. Yeah, um, nice to meet everyone. My name's Corey. I'm a, I'm a lawyer, and I started my own law firm four years ago, and we specifically work with health and wellness professionals. I came to that point after a, a brief career working in big law, i.e. wearing a suit and you know staring at a computer screen in a big building for a lot of hours a day, um, and just working with clients who didn't inspire me, weren't really enjoying working with lawyers and, and people I was completely disconnected from. Um, before I got into law, I worked in professional sports. So I worked in the NFL for a couple of years. Um, and I just basically traveled and was always finding a way to incorporate sports and travel into my life. That's really who I am in a nutshell. And then there came a point where I was starting my own, uh, my own law firm because I, I thought that the legal experience could be better for clients and it could be more fun for me as a lawyer as well. And I just naturally was connecting with you know, gym owners, personal trainers, yoga teachers, spin instructors, whatever, whoever it was, someone was doing something healthy and building a community around their own unique offering. And none of them understood anything about the law and were operating at, at serious risk. And I actually went through situations of having to help friends as well who were getting into trouble and, you know, 
when you start a business, you work very hard for years to build the brand value, to build assets, to build a team. And, and it's crazy how people can just be at risk and, and possibly lose all of that in a moment, in an accidental moment, if you're not properly prepared. So since then, I sort of went on a crusade to, to try to educate health and wellness fitness professionals as best as possible um, by getting them to best legal practices and talking about the important issues. And what's happened has been really cool. We've got clients all over the world, you know, more than 15 countries, I think almost every province and state in the United States and in North America. And uh, yeah, and, and we're just having fun along the way, sharing this information and giving people practical information they can apply to their businesses. Excellent. And uh, a, a quick follow-up question, not to be too off topic, but uh, what was the NFL team you worked for? I worked for the Oakland Raiders, who are now the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. and I was a writer for their website. So for two years, it's, it's funny because I love sports growing up. I still love sports. And I got to this point where my job was literally to sit in an office and watch ESPN and the NFL Network and then go to practices and interview players and write stories and travel on the team plane and go to stadiums and be on the field. And it's, it's cool how just at a point, I just thought, really, is this all that life is about? Um, which was a wonderful, you know, early existential crisis to have. Um, and that sort of brought me on a path of wanting to, to make a bigger impact. Excellent. Well, originally being from Denver and a Denver Broncos fan, we'll make sure to keep this civil. Uh, hopefully we, we have more Raiders fans listening than Bronco fans today. Uh, but that's a pretty cool background and an interesting, uh, interesting fun fact about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And so tell us a, a little bit more about conscious counsel. Uh, you mentioned already that you have clients all over the world, but maybe give people a little bit more uh, background into the mission statement that you guys have. Yeah. The, the mission statement is to transform the way that legal services are provided for health and wellness professionals. And again, that just comes from my experience of working in law before, the big problems I saw was that clients would be paying thousands of dollars for legal documents. They wouldn't understand anything. Mm -hmm. It's written in legalese, a language that is completely unrelatable unless you've had the privilege of a legal education. Um, and that also in a practical sense, people didn't know what they should be doing or what legal issues pertain specifically to their business and their industry. Um, and so a cool thing about my journey in, in continuing to build conscious counsel is that Every day I'm just on calls with different fitness professionals and they're telling me their story and what they're going through and what their issues are and you know where they lack confidence and where they're feeling vulnerable and how they want to grow, but they don't have the structure. And for, for me, I have a very unique perspective because I just continuously see everyone's talking about the same problems, but all of these individuals are in a silo because they're not having, you know, they're not having legal conversations with other business owners to the point where they can realize that the things that need to be fixed or the issues that they need to be aware of are really quite simple and can be taken care of easily. So yeah, so a, a lot of what we do is we educate our clients, we support our clients, and then we also give them legal documents that are written in plain English that they can understand and that are industry specific. Excellent, all right. Now, kind of to set the scene for us, um, what, some of the topics we're going to focus on today are like the fitness law landscape, uh, why specialists are so crucial, and then also what you risk by not having a specialist on your side. But maybe to set the scene a little bit, like maybe walk us through a high level of what navigating the legal process might look like for a, a new business or maybe even an existing business who needs to kind of double down on this a little bit. 
uh, and say either with or without conscious counsel. Yeah, it's 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 most important that someone's working with someone who they like working with and they they feel a good connection with. So, in in the most basic sense, how we coach our clients is thinking about law simply as a series of relationships. So if you take a piece of paper and you draw your business name in the middle, and then you draw a line that connects you to all the different relationships you have in a very practical and applicable sense, just think, okay, well, what are the expectations I need to communicate in that particular relationship? So with your clients, you obviously are going to have some form of service or client agreement, setting the expectations. Um, the waiver of liability obviously prevents you from getting sued. So that's an important document. If you're renting a physical space and you have a landlord, that would be a relationship that you have. If you have a team and other staff who are working under you, either as contractors or employees, that's another relationship that you have. So I think the starting point for everyone, and obviously it costs $0 to do, is have a look at the different legal relationships that your business is involved in and think, okay, what are what are the most important things for me to communicate in this particular relationship? And how can I go about doing that? And when it comes to the law, there are each relationship has its own legal nuances, which are that's a little bit more complex. But a great starting point is even just letting people know what your expectations in the relationship are. And I say that because um, because what I've learned in working with hundreds of fitness and wellness professionals, the problems will always come up around um, uh, expectation that was not communicated. And so even if these documents are, you know, it's never going to go in front of a judge, it's very rarely actually going to be used in the process of a lawsuit. But the point of it is that you're empowered to resolve your own conflicts if they come up by pointing to, you know, an objective, emotionally absent document that said, hey, you know, this is what we said when we started working together, we were going to do, you know, you're, you know, one of us is acting out of accordance with this. How can we restore integrity to the relationship or how can we improve this or how can we make this work? So I think to answer your question, like understand the different relationships you have. And then the goal is to communicate openly and honestly in each of those relationships. Nice. Okay. And, and would you say conscious counsel, do you guys always need to be in the picture or, or do you come in only in certain cases, maybe more in the beginning, only in, in need? Yeah, the, the, I would say my work is probably divided 50% practicing proactive law. So proactive law means a business is set up or getting set up and someone wants customized specific documents to protect them for all of their relationships. Proactive law is a lot of fun for me because it's empowering someone to create a relationship that they want to have. And then 50% of my work would be reactive law, which is someone copied an agreement from someone else or you know their cousin gave them a document that they started to use because they didn't want to pay legal fees a problem has come up and now we need to find a solution to that problem. And, and reactive, fun, reactive law is less fun because you're not in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And it's, you only, it only needs to happen once to you where you're out of control of a relationship that needs a resolution for you to realize like that's not, that's not a position you want to be because as small business owners, we want to focus our efforts on revenue, on marketing, on growth, on actually pro providing the services on having fun. And I think that people don't put enough consideration into, you know, the negative impact of stress, um, stress, mental attention, focus on a problem, fear of getting sued, that it can, it can totally derail your business for months at a time. So it's my work is 50 50. And obviously, I prefer the former. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that as well.
And, and when you are doing some of this proactive uh, law, what, what would you say are some things that are coming up time and time again that you think a lot of businesses in the health and wellness sector are overlooking? Like, are there some uh, you know, terms or something that, that just get brushed over uh, if they don't have someone like you on their side? I think that the biggest thing that's changed in the past two years, and, and this is part of why I made the, you know, the online course that we're going to share with the community, mm-hmm. is that the way that the services have been provided have changed significantly in the past two years. So mm-hmm. it used to be you operated your business in a particular way, and before the pandemic, you know, you, you maybe you had agreements around that, but what's happened since then is the way that you offer your services have changed, um, the methods that you're using have changed, you're doing things pre-recorded or online or sometimes in person or possibly outdoors. And you have to make sure that your legal documents catch up to that. Mm-hmm. Also on a, on a service basis, we see a lot more consumer fear about engaging in in-person physical activities. And so we see more cancellations and refund requests. So how are, how are documents drafted? So before you start working with someone, you can have something that's in your best interest. Um, and the, the relationship that you want. So hypothetically, let's say you get shut down or there's some issue that someone in the community has contracted COVID and you go to offering all of the services online. Now, people at, at law would be able to ask for a refund if the service agreement doesn't explicitly state that the services can be offered online as well. So that's like, th- these are sort of the questions that I see clients coming with, where they're like, well, what happens if we have to pivot and what happens if we have to change and what about this and or like what if my staff member issues with my staff members so i think the most common thing that i just see is uncertainty mm-hmm. around the changing landscape and i think a product a byproduct of that and this frustrates me the most is that people are afraid to grow their business subconsciously something will seep in their mind where they're like well i really 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 want to grow and bring on as many re- random people that i can but i don't have the confidence to so how can i get there mm-hmm. gotcha and, and kind of more of a specific example, I, I was doing some research on your guys' website and, and socials, and I saw you had a post about, you know, something as simple as like the music that you're playing in class, and you could be exposing yourself to risk if you're, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you explain it more, but if you're playing commercial music, for example. Yeah, it, exactly. And like, it's, it's the, the issue, and I've been through this a lot of times, um, where what happens is someone will, especially with the you know, the pro- proliferation of streaming, Instagram live, Facebook live classes, even on Zoom classes, you know, you use your own Spotify for the music. But what people yeah. don't know is that the type of license they have with Spotify or with Apple Music um, is a personal use license and not a commercial use license. So yeah. it's happened where I get emails or phone calls from frantic clients being like, oh my God, I got this email from this music licensing company. I'm going to get sued and they're coming after me and blah, blah, blah you know, what do I do around it? And yeah, and, and I think that that's an example where as a fitness professional, you don't think of these legal issues, but it's something that we deal with on a, probably that comes up on a bi-weekly basis, not, not on a daily basis, but yeah, it, it's, it's a real issue. And, and again, what, what I observe, because for me as a lawyer, I know that everything's always going to be okay. That's always my mindset, like, cool, whatever it is, we'll work through it. I've never had an issue that's been unresolved in five years of doing this. So it's going to be fine. But you just see clients freaking out and getting really scared and really nervous about what can happen. And so, yeah, there, there are 
is something as simple as the music that you play in class, you know, what, what licensing agreement have you agreed to in order to use yeah. that? And then part of what we do is we give clients options of different license-free music that you can use without issue, or you can speak to certain licensing agents to, you know, pay a lot more money, but then be able to play whatever music you want. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's stuff, stuff like that. Like it seems so simple at face value, but it's actually, you know, there are consequences if you just kind of do that and say the wrong person um, is in the class and, and hears that and doesn't like it. Yeah, that, that's how that's how that specific issue arises, that there will be someone who participates in the class and realizes what's going on or catches it on Facebook. And like, look, that's also someone's job to look for that, however strange that might seem. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it's just it's an example of, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a fitness or health or wellness business, they don't give you a handbook to be like, these are all the legal issues you need to be aware of. So part of what we what, what I try to do is. Yeah, not everyone has to work with us and, and that's awesome and people should find relationships that they love and feel great about but at least i want to bring attention to the issues that people aren't blindsided by them yeah definitely and i think liabilities and waivers are probably one that that you get a lot of uh conversation on as well like what would you say are some do's and don'ts on liabilities and waivers that might not be as obvious uh to someone who's who's building one for the first time the the first thing that I would say is that the, the waiver has to be specific to you and your business. And, mm -hmm. and sort of what I was mentioning before about how, how the way we offer our services have changed. You want to make sure that the waiver is specific to the types of activities that you're doing, where you're doing them, what equipment you're using, whether it's supervised or unsupervised, and then obviously having everything COVID related as well. Um, and so the biggest mistakes that I'll see, and I had a phone, I had a conversation with a client this morning and what she told me was she got a waiver from her cousin in 2007. And this is like a big business. They do a lot of activities with a lot, like they've got a client database that's huge. And just like, yeah, never really thought about it before, but like, oh yeah, we're using it since 2007. And it came from my cousin who, whose friend is a lawyer. And I'm like, well, I'm already used to it. So I don't react anymore. But I'm like, cool, let's set you up with a new waiver. But yeah. the, the thing that that person has to realize is if someone suffers an injury or damage based on activities that you're offering and they really want to come after you, they're going to hire a good lawyer and that lawyer is going to tear that waiver apart. Yeah. And so what I would say is make sure that it's, that it's professionally drawn, that it's industry specific and that it covers you and your business. Mm -hmm. because it's sort of like using a seatbelt that doesn't work, right? You could put the yeah. seatbelt on and be like, oh, well, I'm using a seatbelt. But if in reality, when you need that seatbelt, it's not going to save you, then it's the same of not having one at all. Yeah, let alone all the technological, social, all the changes happened since 2007 alone. I know this is, I don't know how common this kind of example is for you, but uh, yeah, just being up to date definitely sounds like uh, uh, something that you should be yeah working on it, it's and it, it is it is more common than you would think uh -huh. but it's it's also what i what I, I think that people just don't have this mindset of being aware of these legal issues yeah and that's and that's part of for me what's so fulfilling about my work again like you know i make i make an online course and i share it with as many people as i can it's like cool just go through it and learn about these things that you should know and and that goes to like the mission of what we're trying to do we're trying to transform the way legal services are provided and you know, be a voice and be a, a source of, of information so that people become aware. And, and then I, I sleep better at night and I feel better about the personal impact I'm making on the fitness industry because 
all of our clients run a gym or have, you know, are providing some form of health services to their community. And if they're better protected, then they're going to help make the world a healthier place. And, and that's sort of the paid forward aspect. Excellent. All right. And, and talk to us a little bit about how COVID impacted the legal side of operations for, for, the, for these operators that you work with. Like, do you encounter a lot of landlord issues, these kinds of things, or, or, or what's been your experience with that on the legal side? There, there's, I'll definitely touch on lease and landlord issues, but the, the big answer, it would just be, firstly, waivers of liability that have to cover COVID, mm-hmm. waivers of liability that cover all of the different modalities. Like, here's the thing that you may, you probably don't know, or yeah, but I'm happy to share. A, a lot of insurance companies will cover Zoom classes, but they will not cover pre-recorded materials. So if you've got, if you've made a database of videos and you're leading fitness classes in it and um, you post that up, firstly, the activities and the risks are different because now instead of A, things being done in person or B, things being done on Zoom, there's no supervision. There's no one to make sure the safest space and someone could be doing something completely, totally wrong. And Mm -hmm. even in the video, maybe you give a bit of instruction that's incorrect or erroneous. Person follows that. The waiver doesn't cover pre-recorded. Insurance doesn't cover pre-recorded, and like that's the end of the game. If, yeah. In in a in a Murphy's law type of scenario. So, um, I, so the big things, and, and I, I will come back to leases in a moment, but it's like making sure the wa- the waiver covers modalities and you know transmission of communicable diseases, and then also just the service agreements and updating it to reflect the way that you feel comfortable running your business. Um, that's really important. And then around landlords and leases, like. I probably in, in the first year of the pandemic, a lot of my work was working with clients to try to help them get out of leases or get out of payments. Yeah. Leases typically are the agreement that will be least favorable to the tenant of all the agreements that we see, just because usually it's a big corporation that's putting a 70 page agreement yeah. in front of a fitness professional who doesn't know how to read it or know what, what you know, a standard, what, what should be fair legally is. And it's sort of like you get backed into a corner where, you know, there'll be provisions in a lease that says, okay, even if we don't accept the full money from you up front, we always are allowed to collect the full money that we should have been owed under the lease. And that's, I, I, that happened to me twice last week where I'm advising clients on how do we, you know, how do, how do we navigate this? We owe $110,000 to our landlord and we want to renew the lease and our and business is starting, starting to finally pick back up again what do we do? And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's really, really challenging. And so I'll just take, you know, 15 seconds to say to anyone, if you're about to sign a lease or you're in the midst of renegotiating a lease for an extension or whatever it is, think think about things like mandatory closure, think about things like limited capacity. And, and if you're working with someone who's helping you on the lease, just like write on a piece of paper, like worst case scenarios, all the things that could happen. We're shut for three months. We're only allowed 30% of our clients. And, and things that I do for my clients is we put in provisions that are like, okay, if the government is only allowing us to have a proportional amount of capacity, we only have to pay that amount for rent. Mm-hmm. Or if the government is forcing us to close and we cannot operate, the payment of rent for that month would be zero. And, and starting to have those conversations and, and bring those issues to light. Wow. Okay. And see, I mean, things like that, or, or uh, say the example with modality and, and the Zoom classes, uh, as you mentioned, right? Like these are things that I think online fitness it seems it seems innocent enough, uh, especially as as COVID hit and all these 
all kinds of new content started coming online, but people may not be uh, realizing that they're exposing themselves to risk. So I think it's really valuable, uh, really valuable insight that you're sharing right there. Yeah. And also what I'd say to everyone is check your insurance policy and, and what you're covered with. And it's, especially as this is lunch and learn, I hope you're building a dessert into this lunch, whatever's <laughs> happening. Mine would involve almond butter, but you know, come up with this, that what I always tell my clients is like, make your favorite snack or get a, you know, a hot cup of coffee, call your insurance provider before you call them, make a list of everything you're doing and how you're doing it and where you're doing it and make sure that you're covered for all of it. Because it, it was so sneaky that pre-recorded materials weren't covered that you'd never like of, of the, the 30,000 thoughts I have on a daily basis. One of them is not, you know, does my insurance cover me for pre-recorded yeah. materials as opposed to online classes, but it's, it's really important. And, and that's what this conversation is about is to getting to best practices. Yeah. Wow. And so talking about maybe some more of like your, your golden tips or your best practices that you want to make sure that uh, a lot of your clients or just anyone listening to this can come away with. Do, do you have a typical like top three that you like to share? I think we've probably already touched on uh, one or two of them, but. Yeah. I, I think the other things that I would think about is if you have a business and if you have a team, the importance <laughs> of revisiting that relationship and, um, and, and just understanding, at least in North America and in Australia and New Zealand as well, just the difference between an independent contractor and an employee mm -hmm. and understanding what you can or can't do because the typical things that we'll see studios do or small businesses do is just, I'll call everyone a contractor because you know it's simpler and easier and I don't have to you know make mandatory governmental um, taxes or payments for that. But there are very, very serious repercussions that can both happen you know, from, from a tax, perspective mm -hmm. um, if, if you're found to have misclassified but also just like managing relationships with the teams um, and you know and and I've seen a couple of business owners sort of raked over the coals by someone who was working with them who was called a contractor but treated like an employee and again the situation we want to avoid is that we're out of control of the situation that's what I try to do with all my clients um, and then probably another tip that I would just mention is the importance of turning your mind to a trademark mm -hmm. and, and thinking about how you can protect your intellectual property. If you're teaching a method, if you're trying to grow your business in a, in a particular way, understanding the basics of intellectual property and how you can protect your brand because your brand is a major asset. Goodwill is a major asset in your business if you, you know, down the road want to sell it. So what are the steps you can take today to protect yourself in the future? Excellent. Okay. And I think in, in a session like this, stories and examples can, can probably really resonate with people and also, uh, you know, just convey the message best. So I was wondering, we, we've already shared a few and I think they've all been pretty poignant, uh, but maybe if you have some that, that pop in your mind and, and we can use a baseline, like maybe talk about your best success story where you really helped a client and what that situation was. Yeah, okay. An, an example where I really helped a client would be mm -hmm. around waivers of liability. Mm -hmm. where we set a client up with a waiver that was specific to their business. They were doing something related to um, aerial silk yoga, which has to do where people basically hang upside down on these silks while they're doing yoga poses as well. And um, someone had gotten injured in the studio. There was a big problem around it. The, the amounts of damages were north of $100,000. Um, and we were able to rely on the waiver of liability 
to, you know, basically to avoid the situation escalating and going to court. And it, and it was a simple, it, it wasn't so simple up front, but in the end, it was as simple as pointing to, you know, that we explained what activities we were doing. We explained the specific risks. We were able to show that, that my client was not negligent in providing the services. Um, and ultimately you can take a claim for a lot of money and just resolve it by saying, you know, legally you've signed away your rights to bring an action against us. We've adequately explained to you what the risks are, what the outcomes of the risks are. You still agree to participate in the activities. And yeah, and, and so that, that would be an example that obviously it feels really, really good to be able to do that. Um, and then just another example is one of my clients um, runs like a, an annual program. Mm -hmm. And there was someone who was really upset and was looking for a refund and wanted money for damages and all of these things. And again, because the client used the documents properly of, you know, you send someone the document before you accept payment, they read through it before you accept payment, they agree to be bound by the terms and then you accept payment. If they go back and try to change their story or wanting to modify something, it's very easy just to say, hey, well, this is what you agreed to and this is what the situation was and provision eight of the agreement says no refunds once the services are provided. Um, and then, yeah, and then at least for me, it feels great because you see a client who's very nervous, very worried, very upset, not in a position to lose tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. but we're able to support them and protect them. So those are just two things that, that have happened recently that come to mind that feel really good. Yeah. And is that, from the sounds of it, you, you definitely have a lot of interesting conversations day in and day out. Um, so I'm sure if, you know, over some more tea, uh, we could definitely start digging into some more of those, but uh, we do have a time limit today, so we'll, so we'll have to keep it at that. But I think that that kind of stuff, this can be where someone listening, whether they hear something similar, this could help answer some questions, or maybe it can lead them to, to reach out to you guys to to give them your own their own perspective um, and see what kind of help you could provide there. Um, I would say too, maybe at, at this point, this could be a good segue to talk about that, the online course and the gift that we did have for listeners and what that's about. So yeah, so I, I, I made an online course. When I first started Conscious Council in 2018, I made an online course. And the reason why I made that course is just like, the, again, the same conversations over and over again and realizing that everyone has, the, everyone has an equal misunderstanding of the law or mm -hmm. just a, an absence of understanding around what they need to know. So I was like, so every day I'm having conversations like, cool, well, why don't we just share the information and let people know? Then after COVID, I was having new conversations, but it was still the same conversation where people didn't understand things around vaccines. They didn't understand how to renegotiate a lease. They didn't know what their waiver needed to have. They didn't understand the importance needed for, for trademarks or how the landscapes changed. So I just recorded an online course called Don't Get Sued Legal Essentials for Health and Fitness Professionals. Um, and I'm happy to share with everyone who's listening to you know go through the course, have fun. It's uh, We're giving you complimentary access and um, yeah, and, and just learning if, if anything that I've shared sort of sparked an interest or you think maybe there's, you know, something, you know, you're hiding something in the closet, a legal issue and you want to understand more. Um, it's, it's done in a very informal and relaxed way. It's pretty chilled. Uh, I share some of my client's stories and I recorded all of it in like in a cool jungle house I was living in, in Brazil. So at a minimum, the background is pretty sweet. So they at least get that. They can they can transport themselves to where you're at for the time being. Yeah. And if anyone wants to come visit Brazil, you're welcome. All right. Take you up on that. Cool.
Um, and hey, uh, you know, you're sharing a lot of good content and, and ideas for people to con consider on the legal side. Um, would you say you have any like books that you recommend to, to these fitness professionals, maybe both from like a legal, but also a lifestyle perspective? No, legally, I can't think of a single book that would, that would apply. Um, I wrote a book years ago called the yoga law book, uh -huh. but I don't, I mean, sure. If, if you want to read it, you, you can. And that's sort of like, that was my story of starting to work with yoga clients. But I think other than that, um, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of mindset books lately. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a book that's called mindset, which has been really helpful. Uh, there's a book that's called the ultimate sales machine, which has been really helpful for my business because it's all about just implementing processes. Um, and then good to great is another great book by Jim Collins. So like I, I could talk about business books forever, but like a legal book for fitness professionals, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have any recommendations. That's all right. Uh, I also noticed on your guys' website, you had some pretty interesting influences that kind of, that, that have drives the, the ethos of who you guys are. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the influences for my business, I think everyone, when they look at their own business, you could look at the different figures and people who have influenced you to come up with your own business and do things your own particular way. So it ranges, like Alan Watts is one of my favorite teachers um, just because he, he took something like, you know, Zen philosophy and found a very unique bohemian open way to share it. Um, Serena Williams is, is like a champion of a champion of a champion of someone who just continues to embody greatness and dedication to excellence and winning. And then Ace Ventura as well is just, you know, he, he found, he found a way to not take life too seriously and um, and to yeah to bring lightness to all of the different situations that uh, that he was part. So I think we'll we'll stick with that for today. Serena Williams, Alan Watts, and Ace Ventura. Amazing, love it. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, Corey, this has been a, a pretty fast moving, like a very action uh, action item oriented session. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to start wrapping it up. But luckily, listeners who are interested can can go online and find this course in order to to get more content, but also be more exposed to the work that you guys are doing. If they wanted to do something aside from the course, where would you say listeners can, can go to find more about the work that you guys are doing? Yeah, you could check out our Instagram, which is at Conscious Council. Um, you can, our website is ConsciousCouncil.ca, so you can reach out to us. And mm -hmm. if you just put Conscious Council in Google, a million things will show up and would love to hear, would love to connect. I'm, I'm yeah, the, the exciting part of my work is connecting with people and hearing what they're up to and, and helping take away the stress of legal issues for them. So yeah, please connect. And I hope, I hope you enjoyed, I hope you enjoy the course and thanks so much for having me. Excellent. Well, it's been our pleasure. And, and as we said, I think that there's a lot of very important things for people to listen into today. So I think you're doing a great service for the people in our industry and we thank you for joining our show. Cool. Thanks for having me. Awesome. That'll do it for this week's session. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of How to Grow Your Fitness Business. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel on Google, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We feature a brand new guest each episode and share thought-provoking insights into the fitness industry. Head over to business.virtuagym.com backslash podcast for more information. And catch you next time.